Hey guys, welcome to our first episode of Slice of Life. And I'm T. And I'm Kay. And this week we're going to be talking about Kami Summer, Summer Kiss. Kiss, season one. Season, season one. Sync that up. Let's talk. Kami Summer Kiss. Season one. Season one. Yep. Only season one. Okay. So first of all, I'm just going to give you a rundown of what the show's about. Mm-hmm. I, I assume most people who are listening to this podcast will have seen Coming Summer Kiss season one. Because why else would you listen to a podcast on it unless you Maybe you wanted to learn about exactly. it. Exactly. So I'm just going to give you a quick rundown. Uh, so there's this, I think she's 16, 16-year-old girl, Nanami. Nanami is a bit rundown. She's homeless. Her father's left her. She has no mum. And she Not inherits. just that her father left her. Her father, like, didn't he gamble away yeah. all his family's money or something yeah. and then they kicked her out of her house? Just like, a stellar father. They are pretty ice cold about it too. On that note, can I just say the amount of orphans in anime, not orphans, but like, you know, only children that have no parents by any kind of circumstances are very common. Usually girls. Well, it's just a reflection of society. I'm only thinking of like most of the romances we've watched and almost all of the girls in them don't have parental figures. And if they do, they're like gamblers or they're drunks or they're... Again, that's just a, that's just a true telling of society. If of they course. told it like a fairy tale, it wouldn't be true. That's true. So convenient. Anyway, uh, so Nanami, 16-year-old Nanami is homeless and abandoned she's super sad and she magically inherits this shrine how does she magically inherit a shrine this god called mikage uh he finds her and feels sorry for her and he bestows upon her his shrine which is uh he's a land god so he bestows bestows his shrine upon her um and with the shrine comes a familiar named tomoe and tomoe is a fox familiar Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. powerful magical Ears, being. Tail, mm. long nails, that sort of thing. Mm. And I guess she spends the most of series one kind of sorting out how to be a god. Well, mm-hmm. I would say that she spends the first like couple of episodes and then maybe the last episode being a god and everything in between is sort of just romance, I guess. Yeah, Not like so much high school girl yeah. stuff. Coincidentally, she does some god stuff mm. but mostly high school sort of romance yeah i think it's also i mean this is a slice of life podcast so we do try to Cha-ching. focus on <laughs> slice of life anime but the way that kamisama works gods into everyday life like nanami's everyday life is actually quite clever like i like the inclusion of uh Ku- kurama the mm-hmm. crow tengu. the tengu um, being a rock star and yeah, being a high cool. school student. Um, I don't know about you, but it made me think like, oh, crap, maybe the maybe rock stars are these people that my God. don't exist on our plane. <laughs> maybe that's why they're rock stars. Maybe. Hey, it's a conspiracy for you. Um, but just the idea that in the first couple of episodes, you're right, there was more of a focus on her being a god, but mm. 
I thought as it went along, she was going to make a name for herself as like the matchmaking god. Yeah, me too, because mm. her fir- one of her first shrine offerings mm. is something to do with matchmaking. Can you please listen to me? And mm-hmm. she read all of those uh, people's thoughts that Tomoe had written down over mm. the years. And yeah, you're right. It sort of did hint at. And then she, like, I feel throughout the season she brought, is it Himemiko? Himemiko, the little fish girl, you know, like. That one. Nanami had no trouble matchmaking her with that human boy that Himemiko mm, was in love right. with. Yeah, I forgot about her. Uh, but throughout the season, there were multiple couples, I think. Even, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember another one. The Dragon King and his wife. Yeah, that but was my arguably, oh, I mean, that was hilarious. Don't get me wrong. Hilarious. The scene where he insults his wife. Maybe not. Okay, hang on. I'll retract that. Maybe not matchmaking. Maybe relationship resolving like Mizuki and his goddess that he was serving at his shrine she helped him say goodbye to her that's true and that is very true she helped the dragon king back get back together with his wife and she helps i don't know her friend army 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 i don't think she really helps her in any way that's matchmaking but well she oh, goes no. to the beach with her. She tells, actually, now that I think about it, she told Kurama, Kurama right. yeah. about Ami's crush on him or whatever. I think in general, she has the role to play of the like compassionate one, the mm. one that tries to help out people. And, mm. you know, when one of her little shrine peoples was, uh, what are their names? Kotetsu and... And Tonkatsu. No. Um, <laughs> I always think his name is Kotatsu. Onikiri? Onikiri. Yes. Uh, when they get a little bit bitten, I'd say, by that giant spider, mm. uh, she, you know, and they, and they say, don't touch us, like, you're, you're yeah. rot, you're just a human, you'll be um, tainted by these magical powers, and she just jumps straight in. So I mm. think that's, like, part of her, I think that's part of her role, you know, she's the really caring one. I suppose in being a land god as well, there's that, I don't, I don't know much about land gods and Japanese folklore, but I imagine that part of their role is about fertility and growth and resolution. Like, Makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah I don't sure, know. why not? Like, Nanami is very good at cultivating relationships and being compassionate, like you say. So, mm. yeah, I really like that. And isn't it interesting, though, that she's so good at helping other people and her own relationship, mm. although I don't think through any fault of her own, I think that she doesn't necessarily go about it in like a wrong way or anything. She, yeah, she's sixteen. Just, like she's sixteen. Cut yeah. her a break, Tomoe. Yeah, and he's got a few hundred years on her. So yeah, and he obviously has some pretty deep-rooted uh, relationship issues of his own. To what do I want to know though is, you know how Nanami goes back in time through smelling the secret salts, mm. and uh, she sees Tomoe with that lady who's mm. dying. She mm. feeds her the Dragon King's eye or something. Yep. I want to know, does that change the present day? Because they haven't brought up the fact that Tomoe used to have that lady that he was interested in since. And so I'm wondering if that changed the future. And that's why whenever she asks him, like, you used to love someone, didn't you? And he's like, no, I have no memory of that. I literally don't know what you're talking about. And mm. and she thinks, oh, it's just, you know, brushing it off. But is that because she's changed the present? I feel like I'm I'm holding my knowledge of the second season over you. God damn it. But all will be revealed in time, sweet child. Okay. <laughs> sweet Thank you for that. Sweet summer child. <laughs> I think 
I think a lot of Tomoe's character in the first season is him just brick walling Nanami. Like, I feel like he's that bad boy trope that is in a lot of animes and J dramas that we have seen. But I feel like he doesn't really develop much in this season. Okay. Like, just thinking of him in episode one, he was a dick. And then I'm thinking of him in the last episode. Still kind of a dick. Not going to lie, my impression of Tom Ware in the first season is he doesn't really know how to smile unless he's on a roller coaster. And <laughs> for the most part, he just likes to deal with things with Foxfire. That's yeah. like his general solution is Foxfire. <laughs> yeah. Can't find Nanami. Foxfire, find Nanami for me. Whereas my favourite, Mizuki, who is... He's, Arguably he's pretty, the better familiar of the two familiars. He's pretty freaking weird at the start, but yeah, he gets... He's he a gets bit stalkery, but you know what? I kind of like that. He obviously has her, you know, best intentions in mind when he kidnaps her. He thinks he can truly provide for her. And that's nice. Yeah, I think that a lot of his creepiness is down to the phrasing. I think that if mm. he was to say it a little less, like, godly, because he says things very... Like, you know, humans don't speak like that. He mm. speaks like a familiar, like a god-type person. I think he was, if he was to say it differently, it wouldn't be so creepy. But the way he says it, it's like, yeah. I will possess, uh, you know, I want to have you and I want to have you as my possession for Evs. Mm. And, and to be fair, he's been stuck, like, underwater for however many hundred years. I know I'd go mad. Yeah. So he's probably a little cabin feverish. Well, he was living at that shrine just by himself, just clinging onto that one... Oh. Tree or Mizuki. I have so many Mizuki feels. <sighs> he is he's the so standout wonderful. character in terms of like he's number one, he cops the most like punches in the face and mm. kicks to the head. Mm. So that's still you know, standard. There's just some classic, <laughs> uh, what do they Slap call that? Slapstick. Slapstick humor. And what do they call that in the <laughs> English language? And also him with the flute, pan flute thing, not pan flute, oh, uh, like a recorder. I was like wetting my pants over that yeah. in that episode. Yeah. I've been practicing. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he'd actually get it in the end. I thought he would play at the festival and it would like be a nice combination of everyone improving their skills. But No. No. But apparently no. not. Apparently not. So Mizuki is also Nishinoya in Haikyuu. Is that right? Yes, that is right. I did not pick that at all. I know. He sounds completely different, mm. but I guess that's the, you know job of a voice actor. If you had a voice actor job, you'd probably change it up a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, who was the standout, you know, performer for you? Who can you only hear, you know, you hear their voice and it's only associated with that person or it's a really strong association? I think Tom Aware. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'm just looking at his rap sheet, as it were, and he's in Haikyuu. Uh, he's Yaku. So we don't really hear him oh, talk a lot. So that means the two familiars are the two liberos in Haikyuu. confirmed. I mean, he does do a good job, though, of being that disdainful, indifferent, not really feeling anything kind of character. Which is fine. Do you have a favourite of the voice actors? I actually really like... They drove me mad at the start, those two shrine ghosts, whatever... The right term. Spirits. Spirits. And uh, they drove me freaking mad. And then eventually I just came around to them because mm. because they're so like shrill and because they were so consistent, I guess. What annoyed me at the start 
eventually became endearing, and so Aww, they... That's nice. Yeah, so I'd say these two guys, yep. Katatsu. Katatsu and Tonkatsu. <laughs> I feel like that's like the bananas in pyjamas of the yeah. Kamisama world. Also, if you look under their masks, what do you see? Is it like a mirror that you see your own face? Well, or? there was an episode where I think... Was it Tomoe or Mizuki? Was, oh, Mizuki, yeah. Mizuki was like, I'll do this for you if you show me your face. And mm. one of them showed him their face, but we didn't see it. I think it's blank under there. I think the mask is their face and it's just a, I don't know, bald I think skin. it's a black hole. And so <laughs> they pull off the mask and it's just darkness. <laughs> I have seen the face of God. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's just terrifying. Okay, so what was your favourite episode of this season? It's a tough one. I would like to say the one where Nanami makes a deal with the Dragon King in order to get Tomoe back. That's a good one, yep. But... I am such a sucker for chibi forms of things. Yeah. And that includes Tomoe. So when Tomoe was like reverted into a tiny version of himself. Yeah, he couldn't do anything. Oh my God. I don't, I don't know what it is, but something about things when they are tiny, the tiny versions of themselves. And you'll see it more in season two because I think it happens again. Not with Tomoe, but. Yes, not with Tomoe. <laughs> it's not with Tomoe. But something about that episode where he was like feverish and Nanami had to take care of him even though mm. he was just like a little kitsune was so cute. Yeah, that's fair. So there wasn't really anything particularly stand out like in development of that episode, character right, development just wise, the but cute factor. just the cute factor was yeah, enough to get me on board. What was your favorite episode? I'd say the one with the was Dragon King. Mm. Uh, for the for the whole, his wife makes him that jacket, and then he's so adamant that it's a piece of crap. And yeah, I just like the slapstick and a, yep. a bit casual bit of uh, spousal abuse between the two. I think if I was married to the Dragon King, I'd have to have a pretty hard thumb to keep him under it. He seems like a bit of a player. Yeah, like he seems. I think that's one of his most endearing qualities, though, that he is so like, yeah, I'm the greatest, I'm, I'm so cool, aren't I? And then and his wife smacks him back yeah. into line. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. Whereas if it was the other way and it was a queen saying that and her husband smacked her back into line, maybe not as cool, maybe I, not as cute. I feel like they could get away with it in anime. If they put them in the chibi form and they're just like swatting at each yeah. other, that could probably... When it's cute, yeah. it's fine. But Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when they're fully grown, not so cool. No. Okay, final... Final question, hmm. as always, as of now. As of now, as of this one episode, this yes. This first episode, if you had to pick five people. Yes. And they can be spirit, familiar, human, otherwise, to be on your zombie apocalypse team. Which I often do think about, yes. Who would they be? Who would you choose? And why would you choose them? Okay, so let's define the positions in the team. So there's mm. the, like, tank who runs in and smashes things. And yep. there's the healer type. Mm, who, like the doctor. Yep. Yep. Uh, there's that one person that's always like, oh, I'm panicking. I'm going to run out and get us all killed. And it's not very and useful on a zombie apocalypse team. But, but essential but for a zombie good apocalypse. Good bait. Yeah. yeah. So that's three. Uh, what else is there? There's the crafty, like skilled one. Yeah. The Katniss Everdeen. I was thinking Daryl Dixon. But Pretty yeah, much the same person. Same person. Yep. And and I guess the like smooth talking, wisecracking one. 
Yeah. That's, comic relief? Yeah, comic relief. Yeah. Okay, so we've got comic relief, the tank, the healer, the good for nothing, and the extremely skilled one. I would put the comic relief down to Mizuki. Of course. Mizuki. And I would put the healer type down to Nanami, obviously. Mm. I'd put the, like, I'm going to go out and get us all killed person probably down to one of the shrine spirits. Mm. They're kind of panicky. They are very highly strung. Yeah. They seem like they'd get, in an apocalypse, they would just yeah. freak the fuck out. Yep. And the tank roll. Have we met anyone that's particularly buff? Not, Not yet. really. Oh, no, the Dragon King. The Dragon King yeah. would be the one that's like, I'm going to get in there, I'm going to destroy all of you people. My favourite part of the Dragon King was when he was saying, you know, Tomoe's crimes against the, the sea world. And he was saying, you know, you wiped out this giant whale, you wiped out all these sharks and a platoon of sea slugs. How many... How many sea slugs are in a platoon of sea slugs? <laughs> and what do they attack with? They attack How with How do great... they hold things? No, no. They attack with a great amount of time and patience <laughs> and they wear everyone down. Just okay? stand still, Tomoe. They will get to you. Okay. And so then the last person, skilled person. Uh, did I say that one? No. No, the Daryl Dixon of the Daryl Dixon would go to Tomoe because he is extremely skilled. Yep. That's fair. Yep. How about mm. you? So... Five peeps, you got your tank, your healer, mm. your skilled person, your I'm going to get us killed, mm. and your comic relief. My comic relief would actually be Himimiko because she is so small but, like, terrifying with those mm. chomping teeth and those oh, giant yeah, those eyes. Oh, yeah, those giant eyes, yeah. God. Oh, man. She's like that gif of that, uh, what is it, like... The girlfriend that... Yeah, the crazy girlfriend. Crazy girlfriend gif. Mm. That's what it looks like. Um... So I would probably put comic relief down to her. She seems to not understand a lot of human things. And to me, that is funny. Like yeah. ignorance is quite funny in mm -hmm. these sort of shows. Um, for the healer, um, yeah, probably Nanami. I can't think of anyone else who... Mikage is pretty good too. Oh, yeah, but he's not really in it. I, know, I don't think I could he's... tolerate him in my yeah, zombie apocalypse okay. team. Yep. I feel like he'd be too diplomatic. I'd be like... Mm. Why are you feeling sorry for these zombies, Mikage? They can't be saved, Mikage. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's he's a little bit of like a you know Buddhist mentality, like yeah. harm no one type of thing. Even zombies when they're trying Even to eat zombies. your brain. Mm -hmm. So that's useless. Um, so Nanami for my healer. I'd probably say for the tank. Can I choose a sea slug? Yeah, I was, was going to say a sea slug as well. Um, yes, you can choose a sea slug. I don't, but I don't think I will actually. Five. Choose the sea slug, but thanks anyway. What um, about that witch lady? Mm, man. She's more of a con. It's person. really hard to think of strong character. Maybe that woman, the goddess who had the hammer that turned Tomoe oh, into a yeah. small. Yeah, she she seemed strong. pretty crazy. And yep. I feel like if I set her loose, crazy strong. she would do some damage. Um, as for my highly skilled, I'd probably go Mizuki. For the highly skilled. He is pretty high. He skilled. can get a snake. He can turn into a snake. Not gonna lie. Flying by snake, excellent mode of transport. Yeah, right. I mean Foxfire is cool, but flying by snake is I mean it's a flying snake. Mm -hmm. You don't see that. And who am I missing? Uh the useless one? Yep. Um probably Army. 
Ami-chan. She's so... She is pretty useless. I mean, when she was getting attacked by that licking monster in the locker room, I don't know. I didn't really feel sorry for her. I was sort of like, why, why are you so stupid? Get out of there. Well, it's probably like some sort of analogy to... What is it? Analogy to mental health issues? Like, oh, I don't know. That's very deep. Okay. Yeah, you're in there and like you're alone and you're thinking all these bad things and then the monster, metaphorical monster, oh. attacks you. I feel like we're going to come back to this analogy when we talk about Noragami. Yes, well, that is that is definitely one about. But nobody in Noragami annoyed me as much as Ami does. I don't know, something about her voice and the fact that she refers to herself as Ami-chan. Yeah, that is annoying. It's, yeah. it's like... Why? I, I don't know. No she, one cares about that. Maybe it's <laughs> just because she's young and she tripped over herself. I did feel sorry for her when she tripped over herself in front of her crush, Kurama, and everyone saw her panties. That was a bit sad. Tripping over yourself is a rite of passage in mm. a lot of these animes, I feel. If you're not clumsy, no one wants you. If you don't, uh, if you don't get slapped up by gravity every now and then, <laughs> you don't belong in these <laughs> slice of life What animes. kind of girl next door are you? Yeah, exactly. So that's probably my zombie team, but... I don't know. I feel like having gods on your side in a zombie apocalypse, gods are pretty fickle. Like, I would rather have a team of humans and have them stand by my side while we're fighting zombies than have a bunch of yeah. gods who are probably into infighting a lot and then just going to, you know, piss off whenever the going gets too tough. Also, I feel like the god characters leverage the uh, mortality of humans mm. a lot. They... I mean, they bring it up all the time that like, ah, 50 years, that's nothing to me. Like, yeah. You you know so little and you're so weak, you I pathetic know. human. Poor Nanami. She really takes a, thinking about it now, she really takes an emotional beating. You know, when they're on top of the roof and she's like, I'm in love with you, Tomoe. And Tomoe's like, I could never. I'm going to drop you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could never love a human. It's like, never say never, number one. Listen to that Justin Bieber song and do yourself a favor. But number two. Kurama warned him like over and over. I feel like we see the same yeah, thing. That's right. We're probably going to talk about the same thing in our episode to do with Good Morning Call because yes. it's almost the exact same love triangle. I'm sure it's a trope in other animes that we haven't noticed yet, but this one is particularly obvious that one boy who is interested in a girl warns the boy that she is interested in, don't do this, yep. don't do that. She likes this, she likes that. And then the boy she's interested in does the exact opposite, doesn't care about her, and yet she loves him anyway. It's almost as if they realise they're in an anime where they need to do that to create tension. <laughs> I know, it's weird. I it's wish they weird. wouldn't do that. God, be more realistic. <laughs> uh, right, okay. Yep. And so, if you were to give it... Are we doing a rating? Is that a thing? Nah. Oh, well, I mean, we're talking about it. I guess that means we're recommending it. Okay, so... We're not wasting would, our time on yeah, <laughs> anime. So, so you would recommend about. it, number one. And... You know, where does it sit? Is it in your... Is it one of your favourites? Kamisama Kiss, to me, is sort of like Maltesers, mm. right? Well, go on. I couldn't eat Maltesers every day because after a while they kind of get that staley sort of taste to them. Yep. But every now and again, when I'm in a sort of low mood and I'm feeling a bit depressed with the state of the world, Maltesers cheer me up. And I feel like Kamisama Kiss does the same thing. I wouldn't, I don't love it and I couldn't watch it all the time every day, binge watching. Yeah, that's fair. Because it's so sweet and it's so frustrating at times with Nanami's character yeah. development. But it's charming. You know what? Let's, why don't we give the show's uh, chocolate equivalent 
as a form of rating. The only problem is not many people will know Australian chocolates. Well, a malt, a, uh, <laughs> a, porous, a, bowl of malt. a porous malt thing covered in chocolate. <laughs> You've got to imagine a ball with malt in it. I would probably say it's definitely top ten. You've only watched nine. But <laughs> good for a treat, not good every day. Okay. What yep. about you? Uh, well, first of all, even if we don't do that, I would like to give it a chocolate equivalent. Yeah, that's fine. I would say it's it's like those uh, Freddos with the strawberry flavouring in them. Ooh. So chocolate with... Well, no, sweet, but... Like you can't have heaps of them. Mm. You can have three in mm. a row if you're feeling pretty hungry and you really like the taste of the strawberry one or the pineapple mm. one, but you can't have a whole bag. No, you get sick. Yeah. You and throwing up strawberry. It's not that like if I had, if I watched three of the episodes in a row, I'd be really sick of watching it. But it's just a lot of the, it's a lot of the same thing and that's a good thing and also, you know, that's why I can't binge watch it. It's romance. Yeah, it's good. So I'd say it's a it's a good anime. I do love the classic straight out of the early two thousands intro. Oh man, no. Looks Can like we just talk about that karaoke. intro for one second? That opening song is probably one of the worst. Not just the music in itself of the like like it sounds like um Actually, singing that now, it sounds like the introduction to, oh my God, what was that 90s kids show? Um, not Ship to Shore. I'll think of it. Anyway, the fact that the lyrics are in no way relevant to the material in the show, it's about Nanami like experiencing what it is to be a girl. Like, I've just realized what being a girl is now. I can wear my skirts. I can t twirl around. What? It's not... She's not becoming a girl. Like, she might be becoming a god. Yeah. But she's not right. just she's discovering sort of her femininity yeah. right now. But, yeah. Um, I just can't. It's and the same with the end song. That freaks me out. It, it no, almost gives me nightmares. No. Nah. Oh. No? Okay. Oh. That's just fair. the end. You know the very end of the ending song where it goes, Goodbye. Yeah, that's true. Oh, it's it's like, freaky. What the hell's like, going on? It's coming for you out of the TV like yeah. a ring girl. No, but that that kind of stuff is like early two thousands appropriate. That's is it? Was, was it made in the nineties? No, it, it was made in like two thousand and twelve. Are you serious? Yes. I feel like it. it would, nope. No. Okay. Nope. All right. Cool. I mean, it looks <laughs> it looks like it was made in the nineties. Yeah. It's got that sort of yeah. You know, Pokemon looks a bit like soft. Sketchy. You know, like it's not very sharp. You know yeah. how a lot of new animes are very sharp. Yeah. Yeah. It's got that feel. Mm. Okay, cool. So, is that all you want to say about that? I really want to remember what song that was from the 90s now. If anyone can remember it. And it was... Oh, it wasn't Johnson and Friends. No. 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 Watch it on you. Go watch it Stay ABC. tuned next yeah. week to discover what 90s children's song she's <laughs> thinking of. <laughs> what a compelling, compelling argument. Well, thank you guys very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our recommendation of Kami-san mm. Kiss Season 1. And, yeah, this is our first episode, so we're just trying some stuff out. We've 
got our studio supervisor, which you probably heard before, in our cat. She doesn't know that we're recording. <laughs> she doesn't care. She just wants to go to bed. Yes. So. Cool. All right. Well, uh, let's play the out credit. We'll see you next time. See you next week. <laughs>